Good evening, 4th District of Cebu. This is School on the Air, bringing to you matters on the social sciences, ranging from history, politics, philosophy, and religion. I'm your host, Marlui Vincent Capul Reyes. Bayong gabi, mga higala. So, karon we are experiencing a very unusual celebration of the Sinulog in that we have to be as cautious as possible when going out tungod kay napagyapon ang kinina pandemia. Apan, takan kayo makita na reflections sa kinina importanteng celebration dedicated to the child Jesus. And this is where I want to start this uh, reflection on. And we're talking about the child Jesus. What is our understanding of the child? How do we connect the Santo Nino to children? Is there an approach to the child that we need to understand? Well, these and more can be explored in this episode. So if na mga pangutana o mga komentaryo sa gestion, text lang mo sa mong text line number 0921-509-7412. 0921-509-7412 I asked this question kay para nako importante ni siya para sa mga churchgoers nato. It's especially true for us Catholics that one of the trials we deal with is syempre kining basta magsimba ta uh, sa atong mga simbahan uh, unsa na to na mahilom atong mga bata or unsa na to sila pagdisiplinahon when they are entering the church uh, do we scold them every time they make noise? Do we do we stop them from running? Like if mga tujud silas altar uh, in the most inappropriate occasions, muat tujud sa altar with them and then uh, try our best to grab them. Or there are so many scenarios you can imagine. But why is this discussion so important? Because there is a process we need to go through in order to grow as Christians. I would call this uh, paradigm reorientation or worldview reorientation because sometimes we know things like we believe in human rights, we believe in the dignity of the human person, we believe that all life is sacred, but our application is missing sometimes. Like We treat everyone equally, diba? but we treat others more equally than everyone else. We treat our family, our friends our fellow Filipinos, our government officials, our priests, better than your strangers, your, your, your even your old random neighbors that you only meet every time you just pass by. Kana, ang pagtrato na to sa tao is not actually equal, even though we believe we should treat each other equally. But there is another discourse that sort of says we don't actually have to treat people equally, but our belief in their dignity being equal should be maintained. Kita mga tao, regardless of how familiar or how much love we give a person, same sila og dignity. Because dili kita mismo ang mag-define sa dignity sa tao, ang ginuura man dyan. And... That is where I want to start off. Our, our understanding of the dignity of the child will always begin with how we view children. And it is important to understand this or else we will not understand the deeper meaning of the Santo Niño. It's not just an image of humility. It's not just a childlike image. It, it represents the fullness of a child, that Jesus was a human child. Let that sink in for a minute. Your God came to earth as a little boy and grew up into a man. It's important because we always think of Jesus as the grown-up Jesus. 
Well, except for Cebuanos and many Filipinos, because we believe that Jesus at one point was a child. In fact, we venerate this particular image, this form, the Señor Santo Niño. But sometimes when we think of the Santo Niño, we always think, okay, this one will eventually become the king of the universe that we know and love, Jesus Christ, even though that's the same person. Now, one frame of thought that I've noticed is that, yes, we do acknowledge that they are the same person, but we don't acknowledge the significance of those respective stages. What do I mean? We believe, for example, in the mission of Jesus, the salvation of humanity through his sacrifice, the spreading of the gospel and his ministry. But because he was incarnate, because he became human, he became flesh, that was something. He had to go through the pain and the struggles of human life, but also growing up. Jesus was human in every sense. As a child, he would develop the ability to speak, to reason, to understand everything that we would go through as children, except the inclination to do bad things. The inclination is lost, but the actual humanity, the vulnerability to be tempted is there. And let's try that exercise when discussing the temptations that Jesus faced in the 40 days he was in the wilderness. Because from this experience of the stages of Jesus, we may get to understand the human experience too. But let's start with the child because I think that's very important for this context. Now, let us recall two instances in the Gospels where Jesus talks about children. The first being from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 1 to 5. At the time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And then he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. In the following chapter, chapter 19, verses 13 to 15, People brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Now, these are two important instances of Jesus approaching children. And first, I like to remark this. It is a very beautiful image. Everyone who has seen Jesus... Uh, you know, the adult Jesus with children, it really is a beautiful sight. He's just so welcoming and loving. Of course, because he's God, he loves people. My question, though, is why is it every time we reflect on this image, makalimot natadayon on how we approach children? Now, I'm not saying everyone does this, but their inclination is there. The tendency to be impatient is there. I understand that it's difficult to discipline children, especially when they need to be quiet. That, that, that's important. There are cases, for example, where we need to tell them that, you know, you have to be quiet when somebody else is speaking. You have to pay attention when somebody else is talking to you. These simple things matter. But it is how we view the child in the moment they are there. I'll explain. Now, for example, uh, you have a conversation with a friend. As adults, you know, you, you talk to a friend. A child is bringing something with him, like a toy. Kuya, kuya, na duwaan. Like that. And they're trying to get your attention. I have this new toy. Please look at me. 
and then you're bothered oh samo kay ka Nag- uh, I'm trying to talk to somebody here it's very important now what were you thinking about in that regard how did you view the child did you view the child as the person uh, that you cared for for example the child is your brother your son your friend in that moment did you view the child as your friend son or brother because that matters the way you view the child in every moment matters even if you're annoyed by them what about the the first thought in your head that that comes to mind when you see the child in that action that moment please look at me pay, pay attention to me because that's important why Children desire attention. They crave attention. And when they are acknowledged, they are able to understand that people love them. It's a simple process, but sometimes we do not become aware of this happening. And that's very understandable. That's very understandable. And when we are bothered every time they disturb in us in our business, let's say we're talking to somebody or we're eating or drinking, of course, uh, in our moment of weakness and impatience, we lash out. But my question is, if you're aware that you can keep doing this, how will you be able to improve your relationship with your child? Especially if, for example, you actually had a breaking point, like you are so upset, you're so moody, you lashed out in the most unexpected way, at least for the child possible. The grabi kay lagot, impatient. And they cry, and they're upset, and they won't talk to you for a while. Maybe they will talk to you after a while, but what if for that child it hurts them? That in that moment, you did not think of the child the way he or she wanted you to think of him or her. How do you treat the child in the moment? In the second story, when the disciples rebuked the parents for bringing their children, the way they viewed the children is annoyance they're just little kids what are they doing they're not supposed to be in this particular space so what they think of the child is well is an inconvenience and well yes maybe that's not exactly how you would phrase it or think of it in a way kung sige react in that way in in those kinds of moments when you think about it it is true maybe para nato inconvenient ang bata sa kananapanahon that's what I'm trying to say here. Now, even if you don't believe in it, even if you don't think of it, the more you let these moments of impatience take over, that is when you might weaken that usual approach to your child. That you approach your child as a friend or as a son, but then in moments of impatience, when you talk to a person, when you're drinking, when you're doing something, and your impatience, that's it. The more you permit those moments of impatience, the more they will shape the way you view children. Now, this approach is just, well, I don't know, it's just pretty basic because here's how I think. Uh, for example, when talking about the way you view people, it doesn't mean to say, for example, na you view people in a negative light, sato pa, your dignity is lower. That's not the case because no matter who you are and what you do, your dignity will remain the same. What is judged is your character. Your character determines how you view people. And the way that you view people 
will be reflected in your actions towards them. Will you hurt them? Will you love them? And in another level, the way you view people will be transmitted to the recipients of that view. Like for example, our discrimination towards women and the LGBT, if we continue to discriminate women and LGBT, they will have lower self-esteem. They will think salot sila or that they need to be acknowledged by the standards of society, etc., etc. Those kinds of things matter. The same with children. So, the more we reject or refuse to acknowledge children, the more for them they feel that they are being ignored and therefore unloved. Even if it's one moment, it can matter. I'm not saying you have to be self-aware and self-conscious all the time. What I'm saying is you ask yourself before... You, 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 like, I'm not saying it's, it's very simple, but here's an exercise. Like, you're alone by yourself, and then you imagine that scenario happening. You replay that moment when you got angry at a child. You ask yourself, did I treat the child in a good way? Do you know how good was your treatment? Was it appropriate to that situation? And why is it that it felt like it was not if if you did not feel it that way nakining mong pagtrato sa child was inappropriate like for example you slapped the child because you got angry was it was it bad was it necessary because your conscience will tell you it hurts the child and therefore it hurts you because what you did was basically make him feel that you have the power to hurt and that's another thing our ability to discipline people also reflects our view of their dignity that's what I'm trying to say here, that our character determines our view of their never-changing dignity in that we have the power to change that when it is not true. So we must remind ourselves that every person has always, always has this value inherent in them that we cannot change or determine. Yet, at the same time, when we discipline someone, we ask ourselves if this power, this ability to discipline someone is okay in that situation. Now, we, we slap the person because they deserve it or because it will help them to be better or because it is appropriate to the wrong action that they have committed. If it is not appropriate to the wrong action that they have committed, what do we do? We apologize and promise not to do it again, provided that we really do not do it again. If we're impatient and we slap someone, siempre, that's not good. We just let our anger win rather than our own discipline. In short, if you want to discipline someone, the first step is you have to discipline your inclination to lash out. Otherwise, the lashing out will be misinterpreted as discipline, not the discipline that you intend to put on a person or a child. So be mindful of that. The way that we discipline children in church, for example, how do they behave? If you want them to be quiet, my suggestion, and I'm just this young adult who has no experience with parenting but has observed the tendency among children at church, my suggestion is please brief them in advance. Please tell them in advance they should not do this. I mean, we can tell them what to wear. They have, they have little choice at the time, especially if they're six years old and below. So we tell them what to wear. How about we tell them how to behave? If they are not behaving properly, let's just weigh things a bit. If they're going to run around, do we retrieve them? And do we retrieve them or get them in a way na dilik makagubot? Or in a way that doesn't cause the child to think 
uh, okay, I'll keep doing this because it's fun. There are many ways a child will view a situation. So you also have to communicate to your child. Uh, when you ran to the altar, what were you thinking? Do you want to have fun? And then explain to them that, no, do not run to the altar at this time because Father is doing the Mass. The simplest step, at least in this situation, is you keep talking to your children. Your children will want to listen to you. You are their first best friends. If you're parents and you want your children to be prayerful, to love God, keep communicating. Communication over imposition. When you communicate to them, love, this is not good. Love, this is good. You, you tell them what from what. Moingon ka na, dong, nagpuyo naman ka no, nagapot ka sa imuhang hands together, nagampo magig ka, that's good. You talk to them, basically, because if they keep doing that, maybe they'll just keep doing that because you did not tell them exactly what is wrong with that behavior. Humans are different from animals, so we have to treat them accordingly, and we have to treat children like little people. By little people, I mean like the people you usually talk to, except... Uh, you have to give more patience and you have to be considerate. But what does this have to do with the dignity of the child? For me, it is everything to do with the dignity of the child. It has everything to do with how we view the child's dignity. There are other kinds of discourses we could get into, but this is the most crucial one. How do we view the child in that moment? When they are not being disciplined, when they're running around in public places, or when they're not behaving at church. When we let our impatience take over, we have to stop and think. But before all else, before those moments come in, the important is you communicate with your child and tell them what is right from wrong, is their action correct or wrong, and then you understand when they do not know what to do next or if they forget what to do next. Because it's a process. Childhood is a time of fun and understanding the world that is much bigger than their house. And it's a beautiful time. I was a kid and, well, I did not have as many friends as most people, siguro. But I would say my world was much bigger when I was a kid because everything was possible. Anything is possible. Let them feel that way. And let them feel that when they need to stop doing something, it's for their own good. Because when they follow what you're saying, they know it is from a place of love. Because they will know through your love and through your concern that they are of value, that they have dignity. And that's very important, mga may gala, because nowadays we are facing a crisis of human dignity. I am not just talking about other life issues like the death penalty, abortion, extrajudicial killings, etc. I'm talking about something much closer to home, domestic violence. Parents have no right to hurt their children for no reason. They are parents. They have control over their children's lives when they are still so young, but they can never ever deny the dignity that has been given to them by God. It's one thing to discipline, it's another to hurt. And when hurt sets in, a hurt child will believe he is not loved. And when he believes he is not loved, his dignity, from his perspective, is gone. 
it affects them the way that they are viewed by their parents. And it extends not just to how they are being treated by their parents. We have to remember that these children will also be going out to the world. How will they confront the world? How will they respond to similar situations at home? We the ones familiar with our children we are the parents the older brothers the cousins getting mga friends we are the ones who know them how do we respond to them so that they will know how to respond to the world around them now our response will be a reflection children are mirrors after all they will follow what we say so i suggest to, to parents if they're if they're at the height of impatience, if if you cannot control your temper, make sure nobody else is watching you. Make it private, those moments. Because children will see that and maybe they'll think that it's a good thing because papa or mama is doing it. Now, though those are common things, but that's the most important thing we have to discuss right now. That every moment we have to ask ourselves, how do we view the dignity of the child? And it's a very simple thing to exercise every time. But there is one reality that I do not like to bring up. And it has already been brought up before in our program. And it is on the reality of child abuse. Human trafficking is a terrible thing. I've seen a lot of content regarding what happens in the darkest parts of the internet, uh, the customers from different parts of the world. Attorney Capistrano, for example, has discussed this uh, form of exploitation of people in one of our episodes. And, well, frankly, I do not like seeing that happening. But it does happen. And one of the main reasons why is because, unfortunately, there are parents or families that do not treat children with the respect they deserve. There are parents who think their children's purpose is to give them money. And the worst part about it is that it's not even just in moments like that, in terrible crimes like child trafficking. It is also in the way that they are being raised. I've been a little cautious about this topic because... We have different family values. I'll have to say that right now. Every family is different. No family is perfect or the same. Nothing is perfect anyway. But we have different approaches to understanding our children. What I'm presenting here, my main point is communicating to your children so that they will love themselves and they will love you in turn. But what if at some point the child believes his purpose is to support his family to give his money when he be when he becomes an adult and earns a, and earns a job has a job and the purpose of his schooling his efforts is to give money to his family now first and foremost i do not think the mentality itself is wrong because of course we love our parents we love our children that's very important we love the people who have nurtured us through the years but there comes a time wherein people will say na kay utang na loob na ko you should do this because you have a debt of gratitude to me. Utang na loob is actually a very toxic trait. And it's especially toxic when we refer to the Filipino family, wherein children are expected to work and work for the family. 
without actually contributing for their own futures. I'll have to clarify. I have no problem with adult children. I don't like the term adult children. With adult offspring giving money to their parents. It's it's no biggie. It's no problem. My issue is the way we view the person. That when they grow up, are they the same human that we are supposed to respect. We were told by our priests, by our lecturers, by everyone in society that every person is of equal dignity and can determine their destiny. I just hope that is the same with them. Dili sila retirement fund, dili sila emergency plan to get rich. It affects our relationship as well with women. Like, what if we view our daughters as means to get richer? That will marry them off to a rich person. These are very sensitive topics, I'm sorry to say, but that affects society as a whole. How will we be better people if we are not aware of our own problems? And most of all, if we treat our children with a level of disrespect... They will also do the same to other people. How are we making a better society if we're teaching disrespect by disrespecting children? We have to treat them the same way. Like imagine how Jesus treated children. He was gentle. He was welcoming. But what about this? Remember the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 25 about the end of the world, the judgment day, wherein Jesus said that whatever you do to the least of these little ones, you did for me. Little ones. Jesus uses the word little ones a lot. Sheep, little ones, they are metaphors for children. And children, we are to God. But what about us to other people, especially actual children? How are we treating Jesus in the child? They receive communion by uh, and the host is the actual presence, the real presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when they eat that host, when they consume the body of Christ, they have Christ living in them. And these are children. They are innocent. They are mostly innocent throughout their lives. They are temples of God, clean and pure, and we are the ones who paint them. If anything, the way we treat the temple of God is how we treat people and ourselves. So we treat them with respect. It's not just physical appearance. It's not just controversies regarding tattoos and plastic surgery. It's about how we treat people with respect and love. Very simple things. But because we have moments of weakness, impatience, and sometimes we forget that everyone has equal dignity, especially the innocent children. And we, we Cebuanos have a treasure that we call the Santo Nino. His image is everywhere. My question is, when you see a child, is that the first thing that comes to mind? Especially if the child has already received communion. They are receiving the Santo Nino in their hearts, essentially. What I'm saying here, friends, is let's wake up to the reality that sometimes we are unfair to other people. And especially the children. So the next time that we are giving ourselves to moments of impatience, we ask ourselves, have I treated the child better? And even before or after these moments of impatience, 
we reflect on how we communicate with children. And it is not just the children we encounter in our lives, our, our actual offspring, our little sisters and brothers, our relatives. What about random children in the streets that we meet? I'm not just talking about street children and orphans. I'm just also talking about any child that we see. What do we see in them? Innocence? A, a gift to the people around them? If they are gifts to people around them, maybe we should also treat them exactly as we say. If we say they are loved, we love. If we say they are gifts, be grateful. That's it. And I hope that this reflection helps everyone out. I mean, hinaut unta that when we have these moments of impatience, we remember that every person we encounter has Christ in them in one way or another. But especially children, because they are mirrors of the world around them. Let them see a beautiful world that loves them. And that's where optimism, or rather not optimism in that limited reductive sense, but Christian hope comes in. Our hope is within our children. And our children are mirrors of that hope. Rather than reflecting the darkness, let them reflect the light within. Because when they see that light in us, they will know that they themselves have that light. And when they know that they have that light, they're willing to share to those who are in the shadows. And in that sense, we are able to make a better world just by saying the best words we can to the children we meet. Because this, this is really what we are supposed to be, the vision that God had ever since the start of creation. We are his companions, bringing love, love, love. So, Pit Senor, and I hope that you have a contemplative, meaningful, and solemn commemoration of the King of the Universe, our child Jesus, Senor Santo Nino. May the Lord have mercy on us in all of our moments and may he guide us wherever we go. So this has been Merlui Vincent Reyes signing out. Keep learning. Find the fun along the way. You've just heard another edition of The School on the Air over 91.7 News and Music FM. Thank you and enjoy your Sunday.